You're listening to the Master Your Mindset Podcast with Coach Mark. I'm your host, Mark Hildebrand, a husband, father, online business owner, and 19-year law enforcement officer from Southern California who struggled with bringing that same kind of time and energy to my health and family because I was giving it all to my career and business. Through this process, I discovered that I could excel in every area of my life if I was willing to master my mindset. After working on myself in those areas, I've been able to spend the last 10 years helping other leaders make an impact with their health, family, career, and businesses without putting the important areas of their lives on the back burner. If you hang out with us long enough, we will show you how. Today is our Monday show, and on our Monday show, we will dive deeper into longer episodes where I'll be interviewing different leaders in this space and sharing some of my personal aha moments as we go. If you'd like a free copy of my book, best-selling book, Mastering Your Life Through Self-Coaching, head over to the show notes to grab the link or head to leofamilyfitness.com forward slash book. Welcome to the Master Your Mindset podcast with Mark. Let's get right into the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. So today's episode is going to be a blast from the past. What I've decided to do is I've decided to take the 10 most powerful, most impactful uh, podcasts that we've had here, both on Master Your Mindset and the previous Leo Family Fitness podcast, uh, to put them here so that you guys not only can get a reminder of some of the best shows and some of the best content so you can continue making progress in your life, but also we have so many new people who are listening to the podcast, I don't want you guys to miss out. So without further ado, this show is going to deliver. Time to plug in. Um, so who I have today, I have Rana Parker. She's been a dietitian with the LAPD since 2007. As a matter of fact, she's the first from LAPD. She's trained at West Los Angeles VA Medical Center. She has a degree in food and nutrition from Cal Poly Pomona. She has a master of public health from UCLA. She's also the co-founder of Kids Shape Wellness Program for Healthy Families, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about today. Um, and she also worked with the Head Start Nutrition Program. So Rana, I want to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. Happy to Absolutely. be here. Oh man, I can't, I can't wait for people <laughs> to hear some of the wisdom you're going to share with us here today. So Here's generally how I like to start off the show. And the reason why is because uh, people get to this part of the podcast. It's about two minutes uh, in to the podcast. And they're like, should I keep listening to this podcast or not? And so I like to give my guests an opportunity to sort of brag on some of the things that maybe they've been able to accomplish, some of the things that they've done in their life um, so that they can really make sure that people understand what they will be getting if they continue to listen to this podcast. So I want to ask you this question. Why should somebody continue listening to you today and continue listening to the podcast? Well, since uh, you mentioned, I know this is for law enforcement officers, obviously. And since I was the first dietitian to be hired full-time with a U.S. law enforcement agency, that's a unique perspective that, that no one else has. I know there's at least one other at this point, but as you mentioned in my background, I have some other things too that kind of combine together with that, working with kids and then starting at the VA, which I feel like kind of led me to this point mm-hmm. um, and seeing what kind of illnesses could result from a poor diet. And I just really felt like I don't want to wait and we want to prevent that. And so um, I think we should listen because we're also going to detail out some of those myths and, and uh, explain some of those so that we can untie those and uh, go forward with the right information. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so grateful that you're here just because of the experience that you've uh, had working with law enforcement officers for so long. It's not a normal thing that you have a dietitian <laughs> that is specifically assigned to us right? or to, to a law enforcement agency. So that is amazing. So let me ask you, why, what, what was the pull to start working with law enforcement officers? 
Um, honestly, I never had anyone in my family who was law enforcement. I didn't really know anybody. So it, it wasn't that. I, I actually, at, at Head Start, we started an employee wellness program. And I just found I really enjoyed helping the people that I work with. Um, and then when I saw this position open for LAPD uh, for helping employees get healthier, and I found out it was the, the first time they've ever, ever done that, I really jumped mm-hmm. at the chance to, to have 13,000 plus people to be able mm-hmm. to work with and help. I love it. I love it. Now, let me ask you this, like looking back at 2007, is there something that you wish you had known before you had taken that leap? (laughs) I wish I had known more about law enforcement officers, I think. And the first few months, my boss specifically said, just take some time, get to know the culture. And I just didn't understand what he meant. I was like, but I want to start working. Like, what? you know, I I just want to jump into it and start counseling and, and, and doing things. And he said, no, no, you need to learn the culture. Um, And I wish I had known a little bit about the culture because I wish I'd known, it took me a few years to figure out that law enforcement officers tend to have this kind of, I would say like all or nothing thinking, this kind of black and white, and there's not a lot of moderation. So there's a lot of extremes, you know, whether it's with diet or exercise or any other areas. So I wish I had, had known more about that culture and the, and the culture of just maybe being a little mistrustful of outsiders. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That That's actually a deep subject right there. So let me ask you, when it comes to law enforcement officers, when it comes to um, some of those, some of those differences, was there like one that kind of has like, um, has stood out to you in terms of like being the toughest to get through to the law enforcement officers um, uh, as you're helping them? I think definitely the moderation is a tough sell because okay. they, they like immediate results. <laughs> and so the pull yeah. of say like an extreme diet, oh, I'm going to go on keto or I'm going to do P90X in the old days or whatever new exercise regime or, or fast working diet. And in LAPD, every year they do this fitness challenge, which is called a fitness challenge, but it's a weight loss challenge. And mm-hmm. so you see people doing these really extreme things like taking laxatives or pigging out for a week or two beforehand right. just to kind of win and play with those numbers. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that kind of extreme personality or, or the desire to have extreme results, fast results is, has been one of the more challenging things. For sure. For sure. I, I mean, I know we were talking offline um, a couple of weeks ago about challenges, right? We, as law enforcement officers, we love challenges, right? Put together a challenge and we'll do it uh, because we want to prove to the world that we're like tough, tough, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to like tips that you generally give uh, law enforcement officers, is there something that you give like a tip maybe to law enforcement officers that you wouldn't typically give to the normal public? Is there anything like different that you, um, uh, that you advice that you give them? Well, I would say, um, I don't know if it's a different tip, but one thing that's really specific to law enforcement or, or to this type of work is just the irregularity of the schedule, mm-hmm. um, with, with morning watches or PM watches and just days on and days off, there's not a lot of workplaces that are like that. And that's a Mm -hmm. real challenge. So, um, I'm often talking to them about timing, you know, timing of their meals. And, and that's probably different than, than most other clients that I would work with. So, you know, if they're on a PM or morning watch, I'm talking about, you know, trying to make your eating schedule more regular, even if Mm -hmm. it's not, um, a normal day's work schedule or day's eating schedule, but trying to make it consistent, um, not eating close to bedtime. Some of those timing issues I've found are, are a lot more important for them. Makes sense. Makes sense. What do you think about caffeine? Um, so 
it's a great drug, <laughs> but and uh, obviously it's a very safe drug for most people. But the problem is that people overuse it um, or they don't use it correctly. So, I mean, it, it enhances performance. It keeps us awake. Um, it keeps us vigilant. So it definitely has its place. But um, one thing I do is educate people about the timing. So, you know, caffeine kicks in within 30 minutes to an hour, and then it starts to peak in two to four hours, and then it starts to taper off at four to six hours. But people mm -hmm. don't realize that's, that's actually a half-life, meaning it still sticks around for hours and hours after that. Right. And it can really affect your, your sleep, you know, if you're having it in the afternoon or, you know, within a few hours of bedtime, it can still affect your sleep. It can affect your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, one of the stress hormones. So mm -hmm overdoing it is a big problem. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, I I've looked at some of those monsters and things like that. They got like 350 milligrams yeah. of caffeine and you're on your way home and you're supposed <laughs> to go to sleep when you get there. Um, right. So some of them have, yeah, like you said, that we, we started with Red Bull and then we went to monster and rockstar, which doubled the caffeine. And now we have bang and rain and Celsius heat, which have quadrupled it. Wow. That is yeah. crazy. That is crazy. So let me ask you a little bit about that in, uh, in, in terms of sleep. Um, is there, are there things that, um, or ways, not necessarily ways to eat, but things that maybe we should avoid if we want to make sure that we can get that sound sleep? Because there's days when we just, we can't get a solid eight hours of sleep, but just making sure that we set up that environment through the food and through the things that mm -hmm. we eat um, to make sure that we can get as much sleep as possible. Do you have any advice around that? Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely start with the caffeine and alcohol, making sure you don't have caffeine within six hours of bed. Um, alcohol also, you don't want it within those, that hour or a few hours right before bed, because okay. even though you, it may help you fall asleep, it actually, both caffeine and alcohol interrupt deep sleep. So you may find yourself tossing and turning. And when you wake up, you're not as rested. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes a vicious cycle where you have more caffeine and then you need alcohol to fall asleep and it just gets worse. Um, Food wise, I'd say not being too hungry, but also not being too full. You know, mm. if, if you're, if you're really hungry and, and if anyone's ever fasted, you probably noticed this, it's hard to fall asleep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so maybe a small snack, like let's say for someone who's on a morning watch and they get home and it's six, seven in the morning and they want to go to bed, I might say, well, have a small snack before you go to bed so that you're not hungry and you can fall asleep, but you also don't want a giant meal. that's full of, you know, I would avo definitely avoid high fat, spicy you know, really heavy meals, um, those could interfere with your sleep because um, it could cause indigestion. And as we get older, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. you know, that ability to fall asleep when we've just had a terrible meal just gets worse. And now you're right. waking up the next day feeling even worse. Right, right. And that makes sense. And I know a lot of... Um... A lot of like, if when you don't have that solid sleep, it actually impacts your, your immunity and it impacts your, um, your mm -hmm. central nervous system. And, and right. just like, especially right now with, with all this uh, COVID stuff that's going on, which, um, has me thinking of another question. Like, I know that we talked about this, um, maybe about a month ago about like different ways that we can focus on our nutrition to actually build up our immune systems mm -hmm. versus breaking it down. Do you have some tips on maybe some things to avoid and some things to add to our diets to make sure that we can keep our immune system healthy? Yeah, definitely for, for the immune system. Well, first of all, I would say, instead of thinking of your immune system in isolation, um, it's really just, it's one system of your body and thinking about keeping your overall body healthy is going to help your immune system. So mm. the things that you talk about, like exercising and sleeping and just having a healthy diet in general are going to help your immune system. Or for example, keeping a healthy weight, um, controlling your blood pressure, controlling your blood sugar, all those things are helping your immune system. 
So rather than thinking about like, okay, I need vitamin C, I need zinc, Mm -hmm. what supplements can I get? You know, think about keeping your whole system healthy and that is keeping your immune system healthy. Um, And then diet wise, I kind of mentioned a little bit about weight. Um, It causes inflammation to be overweight. So, so you want to eat the right amount of food, not over or under eating, you know, having too restrictive of a diet could stress your immune system. And then Mm -hmm. overeating could also stress your immune system. Um, and the other thing I would say, I think is about the supplements is, you know, just because say vitamin C or zinc is involved in the immune system doesn't mean you necessarily need a supplement. You always want to look at food first, because let's just take an orange, for example, it has vitamin C, but it also has potassium. It has fiber. It has mm-hmm. some natural sugars. It has a lot of water. Um, in fact, it has probably over a hundred phytochemicals in it that yep. work together with the vitamin C to help it be most effective. So, mm-hmm. you know, I always try to emphasize food first there. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, it's, it's crazy to bring that up. I was just talking to um, a member of our team because they were talking about, oh, I'll just take vitamins and stuff for that. I'm like, <laughs> you're kind of missing out on the synergy that happens when you eat, right. like, let's say a carrot, there's like 300 different chemicals that are working together, exactly. not just the beta carotene. Exactly. And you're really losing out on that. Cause it's supposed to be like that in your body. Yeah. Um, so it's I like love- a, like a symphony, uh, like that analogy. I mean, a violin sounds good. And so does a, you know, um, a flute, but but there's a synergy when you have things together working in yeah. harmony. You can't just say one is better than the other or like your car, you know, tires are essential. And so is an engine, but you can't just pull them apart and say, it's the same, you know, they have to work together. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And let me ask you about the, the whole vitamin thing. Do you think it's important to actually include that as well um, as the food that you're eating? Or do you think you should kind of like, it's dependent on um, like maybe something that you might be low in just like, like just instead of just doing a blanket thing, just making mm-hmm. it individual. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it would be beneficial to do it individually. However, most of us don't know our vitamin levels. And the problem right. with even saying we don't know them is it's hard to even test blood levels of most vitamins. Uh, mm-hmm. We can get a blood test for, for vitamin D for B12, but some things like say, um, zinc or magnesium, it's hard to get a blood level. So you don't really know. You can just only go by trying to eat a healthy amount of those things in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone is experiencing a lot of stress, maybe their diet is not as good. I might suggest just doing a, a multi across the board. The only one I, I generally recommend for most people is vitamin D just because it's such a common deficiency. Mm-hmm. There's very low risk to overdosing with it. Um, you'd have to do an awful lot to actually ever overdose and get toxicity. Whereas some vitamins or minerals, you actually can become toxic. So, mm-hmm. you know, low risk, high, high chance of benefit. Um, it's super easy to take. It's cheap, you know, so, and it does seem to have an effect on the immune system if you're low in it. So definitely right now, I think vitamin D is a good one to consider. Especially if you're on morning watch and you don't get yes. to see the sun, right? Yes. And you know, we need, a few, you know, 20 minutes or so of sunlight in the middle of the day, at least a few times a week. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, sunbathing, but on your arms and face. Um, and a lot of us don't get that in the middle of the day. Right. Right. Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I love this information. I could literally stand and sit on here for hours <laughs> with you, but I want to change a little bit of directions here um, because family is an important thing. Um, it's one of our pillars here at Leo family fitness. Um, and so when it comes to family, I noticed that you also um, value family and I know that you help family and help kids and stuff. Um, is there, and there's nothing more that I want, not just to you know make myself healthy, but actually pass that on to my kids. Mm. Um, so I first want to see like what, what got you interested in helping 
uh, um, the whole family as a whole, um, and then maybe get some different tips on, um, you know, kids who might be picky eaters or, or how uh, can you implement these tactics with your kids? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so like I said, when I started my career, I started at the VA and we had a lot at that time, it was, you know, mid nineties, we actually had a lot of older people who were just suffering the, the results of chronic illnesses. And I thought this was really discouraging. People didn't want to change. And mm-hmm. in fact, some, some gentleman said to me, honey, <laughs> it's too late for me. I'm going to eat, eat what I want. So I had a friend who was working with this kid shape program, um, teaching families, um, overweight families of overweight kids, and they work with a whole family. You can't just drop off your kid. So it has to be the, an adult plus at least the, the child and other family members welcome as well. And we did nutrition and we did psychology and we had exercise. Um, and that was an eight week program. And, you know, it, it became bigger in multi locations and then, you know, it kind of, petered out in the the 2000s. But this past year, um, a few of the co-founders and I, we were putting together an online version of that. So Mm. um, we all just really enjoyed working with the kids and seeing the changes that families could make. And it's just so important to include as much of the family as possible. You know, especially if you say have one child who's overweight and one who's too thin or normal weight, you know, it's not one child's problem. It's the whole family's job to eat healthier and to move more. It's not about just weight or the weight of one person. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. And, and I, I've kind of have noticed that there has been a kind of like this shift back into that family kind of atmosphere. I mean, it's, it's something that drives me to be better is like modeling the behavior that I want my mm-hmm. kids um, to, to kind of follow along with. And it, it feels like um, at least the people that I make sure I surround myself with that we're doing that we're modeling the behavior and we want to prevent some of the things that maybe we were the, on the roads that we were heading down early on. Um, so with that being said, like, what are some tips that you might have for, uh, um, for parents who've got kids? Yeah. So that, that's a good one. I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the word role modeling is um, when I worked at Head Start, I found that that was one of the big thing that really works is parents would tell me, well, my child is eating vegetables at school. How's that possible? You won't eat them at home. It's because the teachers and the kids all sat down together, all ate together, all ate the same food. There's no like, well, I don't like this. I want mac and cheese instead. Well, too bad. You know, there's nothing else. Mm -hmm. This is what we're having. And you're going to sit and and choose not to eat. That's your, your choice, but um, there's no other choices. And so that role modeling is really a big deal. Um, So a lot of the tips I learned from there, I, I, from Head Start, I saw it really, really, really work. So the role modeling, um, not, not doing a multi, uh, what you call it, sh- short order cook. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Kids will eat what they're offered eventually yeah. if yeah. they're hungry. So you can't just always offer a backup and panic if they don't eat a meal. Like Kids are not going to go hungry or starve if they choose right. not to eat a meal or if they eat too little at a meal. Um, so the picky eating is a big issue. If, if you continually offer and you role model, even if they don't eat them today, you're still role modeling that vegetables are, vegetables are important. We're going to have them each day, or we're going to have fruits for mm-hmm. snacks um, or that sugars or sweets are treats. So if you continually role model it, even if they don't do it today, you know, eventually they get that, that message. We'll be right back. Are you finding it hard to build a business that you love, connect deeper with your family, and keep your health a priority? That's how we felt before we took control of the people we were allowing to influence in our life by being in the right room. When we were in the wrong room, 
we were surrounded by people who were influencing us, just not in the direction we wanted to. It was frustrating because we always felt like we were off track and really like we didn't fit in. Like other people didn't have the same values or goals similar to ours. And there was just so much negativity that it felt like everyone was just trying to get by when in reality, we wanted to thrive. Now, when we first found our right room, it didn't necessarily feel like it was the right one at first because the people in there were at a different level, both mindset, action, business, and family connection wise. But that's actually what made it the right room. By staying in that room, it pushed us to elevate ourselves and our online business in a way that we can't even describe, which led us to creating a multi six figure online business without sacrificing our family time or our health. Now finding our right room actually took us a ton of time, money and frustration and a whole lot of failure. And we want to help anybody we can to avoid that for themselves, which is why we'd like to invite you to learn more about our room of family driven entrepreneurs called our inner circle to see if it's a good fit for you. It's a membership we run on YouTube, so we can keep it super cheap at just $10 a month. It includes bi-weekly calls focusing on developing the confidence and skills you need to excel at business and family life, and includes access to our private entrepreneur community inside of our app, so you can continue to grow exponentially as a team by tapping into each other's strengths during the off weeks. Now, before we share the details, we want to make sure that this would be your right room true. So these are our values in the inner circle. We believe that you do not have to sacrifice one area of your life to have massive success in business. We believe that what you achieve on the outside is a direct result of who you become on the inside. We believe that growing your business should never come at the expense of nurturing your family. We believe taking personal responsibility is the key to changing the outside circumstances. And we believe that your physical and mental health is the most important element to sustain your long-term success. Now, if this feels like a community you'd like to be a part of, Check out the link in the show notes or visit our Modern Leadership YouTube channel and click the join button to learn more. Regardless, we want to thank you for being here, for being willing to lean in, to get uncomfortable, and to grow so you can make the impact the world needs now more than ever. Thank you for what you do out there every single day. Keep leading from the front and let's get right into today's episode. I love that. I love that. And I've noticed that too. Like, um, even if I, if they see me exercising or they see me eating healthy foods, um, sometimes they'll get curious. And sometimes I feel like they're not even paying attention. And then, you know, my son will come up to me and go, Hey dad, that shake that you drink, can I have a little bit of it? And so I put together like a smoothie or, um, one of my nutrition shakes. That's got like a lot of greens and stuff in it. And I give it to him. He's like, this is great. And, um, I noticed that that has like, he is watching even when I don't think he is, um, he is, he is most definitely watching. That is awesome. Um, and that's a good one to do too, where you're not forcing it. You're just, mm-hmm. you're role modeling it and you're offering, but when, when it goes wrong is when people try to force it, you, you yep. cannot, it's going to backfire. I mean, we all probably sat at a table as a kid and we're forced to eat something we hate. We're yep. never going to like that as an adult. Like you have mm-hmm. to just offer and reinforce and, you know, encourage, but not, not force it. Yeah. And, and what you just said right there kind of like brought up some memories of me of like (laughs) eating some things where I was like, Oh my gosh. And I think like I've come the opposite direction. So my, my mom was like, this is what we're having for dinner kids tonight. And I like, for me, um, especially a couple of years ago, I was like, well, what do you guys want? And like, my son would want this, my daughter would want this. And then I have to make this for me and my wife. And I'm, and I was like catering to it. And recently we've kind of have gotten more away from that. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah. my goodness, we've gone the opposite direction. There's this happy medium somewhere, right? There, there is. And I'm glad you mentioned that just to say one more thing about that is um, I, I would suggest giving, if you have multiple kids, you know, give rotate. So tonight you might say, okay, um, tonight 
Katie's going to choose the vegetable, you know, tomorrow John's going to choose the vegetable. And they'll also, you're giving them a, a choice with guidance. You're not saying, what do you want for dinner tonight? And they say pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. You say, which vegetable would you like tonight? You know, or which fruit do you want for a snack? So you're giving them choice, but, but with guidance. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let me, um, and let me switch gears a little bit on you here. Um, because you sound like a very growth oriented person. Um, and, Maybe there's some, some resources that you have plugged into that have helped you out along the way. It, it sounds like um, that you're always in this idea of like, okay, I can make an impact and I've got it. The answers are out there and I've just got to find them. I've got to put myself in this situation. Becoming the first LAPD and law enforcement dietitian is probably not, um, it's probably a little scary, right? Jumping out there. Um, but it, it sounds like you pushed through that. Um, so is there some kind of maybe some kind of resource or a mentor or something that has helped you along the way to give you this, um, uh, this desire to pe- push past like some of the discomfort? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I've definitely always been interested in the, in the growth and learning and just, just pushing out of that comfort zone, um, mm-hmm. and not letting, fe- trying not to let fear be the, the guiding or the pro- prohibiting force. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've had a mentor through this, this law enforcement. I, I think I've learned the most probably from the officers who I work with. Like, mm-hmm. um, for example, they'll tell me what they need because I, it didn't, the position didn't exist before. Um, right. one of my coworkers who was a, a sergeant at the time, he said, Oh, we need, we need tips on what to eat at fast food. What's healthy. So I was mm. working on my sheet and then he comes over and he says, you need to make that pocket size, so like the size of the FI card so yeah. that we can, we can put it in our pockets. And uh, that's a great idea. So that became one of my most popular handouts or, you know, the questions I get from them, like, what do you think about intermittent fasting? I mean, and these start to guide me toward what giving them what they need. So they've been a good teacher, I think for me, as far as on this job. I like it. I like it. But, um, and what's required of that is to be a good listener. So I think yeah. that, you have something that is um, very rare uh, in terms of like, you are a great listener and you're like ready to accept uh, the information. I mean, anytime that we've had conversations, I get off the phone and before I know it, I see an email or something on the land and it's like everything we talked about. I'm like, <laughs> so, so there, I don't know, is there some kind of like unique skill or something that you have developed that allows you to just to do that, to be such a great listener? Um, I'd appreciate it. That's a great compliment. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's just a a learned skill. And when I was in college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I took nutrition and then I started to work at a hospital to see if I liked it. And I just found I really enjoyed helping people and seeing people, you know, just get more, the most out of life that they can and not, you know, suffer unnecessarily. So, I mean, I think also I'm I'm a Vermonter originally, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think they have a, a, everyone I know from there is just very practical and realistic. It's there's no like kind of, I mean, I'm an idealist too, but all the tips I give are practical and realistic. I'm not going to tell someone who doesn't cook at all. They need to meal prep all their meals at home. It's just not Mm -hmm. realistic. You have to meet people where they're at. Um, And I think any good dietitian or therapist or whatever is mainly a listener. And then you're just helping people, you know, see for themselves what, what they want to do and, how to meet their goals. Right. 
Right. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you, I know a lot of dietitians and nutritionists and not many of them can do that <laughs> as well as you do it. Um, so you. let me ask you this. Um, when we even hear the word dietitian or we hear the word nutritionist, it kind of like brings up like emotions in people. Um, is there something like maybe some kind of myth or something that um, that you would like to debunk about dietitians or nutritionists? Um, I think there's probably like two opposing myths about dietitians or nutritionists. One's is that they eat healthy all the time and that they, they never have desserts and they never eat sugar. And, and that's just so not true. Every dietitian I've met, like we love desserts. We love all kinds of foods. Right. It's just that we do practice that moderation. And most people, most of them I've met also love exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a balance. And I <clears throat> think there's an opposing myth too, which is not a myth is that there are dietitians who are overweight and don't follow mm-hmm. their own advice, like probably with the, every, um, profession. So, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And I'm, I'm wondering like if there's a lot of dietitians or nutritionists who actually get into it because they want to kind of hold themselves to it. Um, yes. because I know for me personally, the reason why I became a fitness coach is I did it when I was hundred pounds overweight and I did it because I was like, I want to make sure that I stay to this and I want to basically follow through with my word. And so I just, I, I just stepped up and, and did it. I wonder if that actually comes true for some nutritionists out there. I, yeah, I, I believe so. I think, um, and on the negative side, side of that, I've seen quite a few who had history of eating disorders who, yeah. who, you know, that was their struggle. So they became interested in food and, um, became a dietitian. So hopefully they've, they've addressed that for themselves by the time they're mm-hmm. actually working with, with other people. But I have seen that. Yeah. There's definitely a draw where if that was a struggle, um, you're drawn to that profession. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, while we're around winding down here, I want to see if there's something we missed, maybe something that we didn't cover that you were like, Hey, I really wanted to make sure that we brought this up on the podcast. Um, I think one, one thing when you said about myths about dietitians, but I think I just want to address some of the myths that I hear about nutrition itself a lot. Um, and probably the main one is that you have to eat low carb in order to lose weight or to control diabetes. And that's just, mm. that's just not, not true. Um, lots of people eat high carb diets. It's about the quality of the carbohydrate and the, and the amounts, you know, a bowl of pasta is not going to kill you. It's how big it is and maybe what kind it is and how it relates to your whole diet. So you don't have to do low carb, uh, necessarily it's an mm-hmm. option. So, um, that's, that's one main thing I always want to address. And then also that, um, you know, there's with this 24 hour news cycle and the need to kind of have clickbait type items that happens with nutrition too. So Mm. if you see a headline and you're like, Oh my God, you know, coffee's bad for you today. Tomorrow it's good for you. Eggs are bad Mm -hmm. for you tomorrow. They're good for you is, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, make sure you read the whole article. Cause sometimes I've found the headline literally contradicts what the article says. Right. So you just don't jump on every, you know, news piece you see nutrition hasn't changed that much. Um, it doesn't change that much. You know, it's, there's a need to constantly look controversial or interesting, but really some of the basics about nutrition haven't changed, you know, eat your fruits and vegetables, watch your portions, mm-hmm. eat real whole foods and not processed foods. Those are probably the main tenets. If you do that, like uh, Michael Pollan says, you know, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. Mm-hmm. If you do those things, you're pretty much on the right track. That is awesome. That is a great way to end it. So um, I want to just take a second here to acknowledge and appreciate you though, um, Rana, because 
Uh, I know the amount of energy and effort that you put into this. Um, we are so blessed at LAPD um, to have your knowledge and then also understand our career. It, it, it's incredible the things that I see that you, you are putting out there. Um, and I really hope that this message really hits home with a lot of law enforcement officers out there because like that connection that you have, and not only that, but the desire to help, I can see it through every email, through every post that you're putting out there. And I know the kind of effort that you're putting out there and the, the quality of the stuff that you're doing. So I just want to take a second and say thank you for what you're doing for us. Thank you for what you're doing for kids, for families, uh, because it's making a huge impact. Thank you so much. Happy to no do problem. it. No problem. So let me, let me wind it up like this. Um, in terms of somebody wants to connect with you, whether they want to get connected mm -hmm. for um, some kind of uh, help with their family, with their nutrition, whatever, how, what's the best way that they can connect with you? So a couple of ways. So if you do work with BSS, um, it, I mean, BSS, if you do work with LAPD, I said mm -hmm. BSS because that's the division I, I work out of. Um, you can receive nutrition counseling from me for free and as well as your spouse or significant other. So for those employees, um, best way to reach me is the website, which is lapdbss.online. So we have a website and my, I have a direct um, email address there. You can also sign up for my newsletter. You don't have to be an LAPD employee. I'm happy to send that to you. Um, and it comes out once a month. And then for, for non-LAPD, um, if you're interested in the family wellness, kidshape.org is a good place to go. And I have an email um, link there too. So you can shoot me an email and you can check out the information there. And um, if you're looking for private counseling and you're not with LAPD, you know, you can contact me at either of those places and I can either follow, uh, find you a referral. Um, I'm not doing too much in addition to kids shape as far as private counseling right now, but um, I may in the future. And again, I could direct you to someone if, if not. Awesome, Rana. Thank you very much for this time. Um, guys, definitely look up those websites. Definitely plug in. Let me tell you, um, she over delivers uh, and the information even on her newsletter. Um, it's something I, I look forward to and read every single month too. So guys, thank you very much for listening to the show. We know you have many different options out there and you chose this one. You made it all the way to the end. We hope that you have benefited from this. If you have, share it with somebody, leave a rating review, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you guys very much for listening to another episode. There are hundreds of thousands of other podcasts out there, and we greatly appreciate you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed the content, be sure and subscribe and take a few seconds to rate and review the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to pick up a free copy of my best-selling book, Mastering Your Life Through Self-Coaching, and be sure and check out the show notes for any links mentioned in this podcast. Stay safe out there, everybody, and I'll see you on the next episode.